This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Take your Bibles with me this morning, and I want you to turn to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations is right after the book of Jeremiah and uh, right before the book of Ezekiel. That will help you a little bit finding the location. And this morning, I'm going to be looking at chapter 3, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 18 through verse number 23, and I pray that you'd follow along with me, but I'm going to begin reading in verse 18 of chapter 3, and the message today is simply entitled, Starting Over. And if you're watching at home, we want you to get your Bible and get your outline and follow along with us today. I want you to take some notes. I believe this will be a message of encouragement to you. And so if you need a bulletin, raise your hand again. So several others have come in for the service, and we want to make sure that everybody has one. And I want you to look with me now, Lamentations chapter 3, beginning with verse number 18. And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering my affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall. My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore, have I hope. You think about the millions of people in this world today that woke up this morning without any hope. And the reason for that is they don't have Jesus. When you have Jesus, you have all the hope you need. And here in verse 22 and verse 23, Jeremiah speaks of God's faithfulness. He said, it is of the Lord's mercies <clears throat> that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Does that scripture not remind you of that old hymn, Greatest Thy Faithfulness? And in verse 23, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And so I'm speaking this morning on this subject simply entitled Starting Over. I wonder how many times <clears throat> have you ever started, you've ever been involved in <clears throat> some type of special project maybe on a small scale, maybe on an upscale, and right in the middle of it. I mean, this is something you wanted to do for quite some time, and uh, you got through the stage of procrastination, and you put your mind to it, you buckled down, and you started to work on some project, and right in the middle of it, you, for whatever reason, you got frustrated with what you were doing, and you stopped it did not look appealing or satisfying to you and you just wanted to shut it down and start all over again. I'm sure we've all been in those kind of situations. Maybe, maybe what you were working on, let's say in your house, you, you saw in a magazine somewhere and man, you were sitting in that doctor's office, that dentist's office, or you were sitting somewhere waiting to get your oil changed, your tires changed, and you just Thumbing through that magazine, and there it was. And you said, man, alive, I got to have that. That would look great in my kitchen, or that would look great in my living room, or that would look great in my bathroom. And you got that picture, and 
Maybe you fixed it in your mind and you said, I got to have it. You knew this was the thing for you and you knew it was the look exactly the way you wanted it to be. And so you started on that project and you started working on it. And right in the middle of it, in all actuality, for some reason, it didn't quite look like the picture in the magazine. Something was a little odd. Something was a little different. Maybe perhaps you, you noticed that the wallpaper was going on a little crooked. Or maybe you noticed that the paint wasn't the right color and you was getting frustrated by the moment. Maybe you wanted to be involved in some kind of baking project. And instead of using sugar, you use salt. You think about that. Just, just little things in life can creep up on us like this and aggravate us. It can frustrate us. It can turn our apple cart over. But then sometimes things graduate a little bit more in the realms of frustration. Maybe there have been occasions where when you first woke up, you stumped your toe on the corner of the bedpost and you knew your toe was broke. Now, let me tell you something. When you stump your toe on the bedpost, it's broke. <laughs> Just go straight to the bottom line. At least it feels that way, doesn't it? But maybe that's how your day started out. And then as time went on in the day, maybe through midday, you've noticed that it's just been one thing after another. Nothing seems to go right. Everything's going wrong. And the more you tried, the worse it got. And you just wanted to start the whole day over again. I've had days like that where I've got out of the bed and just it's either one thing or one phone call or one something. And it just seemed like that everything crashed in at one time and it was coming down in buckets, raining in buckets, so to speak. We've, I think we've all had days like that. We just wanted to back up and start all over again. But then there were things that perhaps took you a little beyond that. In the realm of frustration and aggravation and disappointment, there were the complicated things. When things just seemed to exceed what we call the daily grind or the norm, when things became much, much, much worse than just simply having a bad day, perhaps a day when all the credit card bills came in all at one time, and all of a sudden, you realized in that moment of fear, that extra heartbeat, that things were far out of reach than expected. The bill collectors were calling. Maybe the fears of repossessions were starting to happen. And the stress and the anxieties, they were just coming at you like a train without brakes. And in panic, Perhaps you stepped back from that kind of situation and you wondered how in the world did things get like this? And with a heavy heart, maybe you wished you could just go back to a fresh start. Maybe even turn back the clock and 
become a child again and go to the little town called Mayberry. We've all had things like this to happen in our life, and then there are things that even get worse, far worse than that. Perhaps you found yourself standing in the valley of ultimate sorrows. Maybe a spouse decided to leave. Or maybe a loved one unexpectedly died. What do you need, David? He needs, he needs help of some sort there. Help him out. Maybe a loved one unexpectedly died. Maybe a daughter became pregnant. Maybe a son went to jail. And you just wanted to pull the shades on life and crawl into a hole. And in tears of desperation, you found yourself begging God for a brighter day. The truth of the matter is this. All of us have experienced things and have done things where we have wished a thousand times over that we could just erase our past and our current situation and start all over again. Well, here's the thing that I want to remind you of first of all, and that is people in the Bible found themselves in those exact moments as well. David had exposed his heart in Psalms 51. Wished beyond all dreams and hopes and expectations that he could go back and change things. Samson, when he was begging God for one more time, God, rain down your supernatural strength on me just one more time. The prophet Jonah found himself like that in the belly of the whale. Simon Peter found him on that occasion when he was weeping bitterly without doubt. All of us would love the chance. When you look back, maybe at, even at your current situation, and I'm sure there have been times in your life when you wished you could just go back to an innocent period of your life and start it all over again. Well, here's the thing that I want you to be focused on this morning. The good news is this. God is extending an opportunity to every one of us here today for a new start, a fresh beginning. Can somebody say amen? You see, second chances. Have you ever needed one? I've needed dozens of them. Second chances. Starting over is a wonderful aspect of God's amazing grace. You think about that with me. We can praise him today because he is the God of second chances. He's the God of reconciliation. In fact, at this very moment, right now, those of you that are listening by internet and those of you that are here today, right now, this morning, God is extending second chances Dozens of other opportunities to the lost this morning. In fact, I want to reread this scripture for you in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23. The Bible says, they are new every morning. What? They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The word says that his mercies are new every single morning. 
And the awesome thing about this particular verse is that the Bible is teaching us that God is not in the business. Listen carefully, and I want you to get this point. God is not in the business of serving his children leftovers. The word says that his blessings, compassions, they're new and they're fresh every single morning. With every new day, there are brand new opportunities. And in most of our lives, myself included, there's a tormenting past, I'm sure, in all of our lives. Perhaps it was in childhood. Perhaps it was in wild teenage years. Maybe it was in young adult years of your life. And then some of us have experienced sorrow even late in life. But I'm 100% convinced that there are people in here today that would give anything to have their slate wiped clean, to have your heart and your mind set free. Because the, the Bible teaches us that the devil, our adversary, he's a professional liar. He's a master liar. He's a master thief. And the devil, listen now, he wants to do everything he can to shackle your life to the torments of the past. Now, the Bible says to be sober, be vigilant. Because our adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If you've ever wanted to have a new beginning in your life, then the Bible, according to the word of God, you can start that process. You can start over today. Everything that's tormented you in the past and maybe something that may be tormenting you right now you don't have to carry it around like a ball in a chain anymore. You can take it to the cross. You can leave it at the feet of Jesus. And he, according to the word, will set you free. Now, I know somebody may think, Pastor, it's just not quite that simple. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. But think about this for starters. God has seen fit to give every one of us in here this morning, those of you that are watching by internet, listen, God has seen fit to give every single one of us a brand new year. Now think about that mercy. Think about that compassion. That means he has given us all brand new opportunities to let go of the things of the past. You see, I think what happens most of the time is, and we may truly want God to set us free. We may shed tears. We may, we may cry crocodile tears for God to set us free from the shackles of our past or the, of the torments that's going on right now. And listen, it's one thing for you to take it to the cross and bring it to the Lord and lay it on the altar. And that's where it needs to stay. Our problem is most of the time we pick it up from the altar and carry it right back to the pew, right back to the house. We have got to learn, the old song says, leave it there. And that's what we've got to do. I want you to think about a verse of scripture this morning that goes hand in hand with this message. And I've put it in the footnotes of scripture and I want you to look at it. They'll get it on the screens. It's Philippians chapter three, verse number 13. And church, this is what we need to do with everything that you might be wrestling with, everything that you might be dealing with, everything that you might be struggling with, whether it was yesterday, today, right now, or fears of tomorrow. Look at this verse. Paul said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. 
Forgetting those things which are behind. How can I do that, preacher? You put it under the blood. If God can forgive it and forget it, then we ought to be able to at least be willing to try to do that. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. So I want to encourage you, don't let the opportunities that God is extending to you today, to me today, to pass you by. And if you're saved, listen carefully. If you're saved and you feel like you're in a mess, a royal mess, and maybe this morning you've, you're, you know you're saved, but you feel like you've made some terrible mistakes, you've made some terrible decisions, and you have excluded God from being the top priority of your life, my invitation to you comes out of the scripture, and it would be to come to his mercy today. Come to his mercy now. The word says, because listen, God knows how to clean up messes. And we sure know how to make them. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse number 18, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Somebody say amen. So let me put this in context for you. There are several conditions now. You're saying, preacher, man, you're ringing my bell today. There's nothing more in all the world than I would rather do than to be able to start over. Are you saying that it's possible that God would just wipe the slate clean? It's possible. You might say, well, well, preacher, do you feel that that opportunity is extended to me? Well, it extends to all of us. And I want to simplify this for you today. Follow along with me today. You have your notes with you. There are several conditions to start over, several. And the first one is this. In order to start over, you have to be alive. Now think with me now. This is not complicated. You cannot be dead to start over. Death ends all opportunities. Every single person here today meets the qualification of starting over. Qualification number one, and that is being alive. When you think about the flip side of that, people who are dead do not have another chance They don't have another opportunity to correct anything about their life that they lived. It's over. Their opportunities are gone forever. When I thought about that, there are countless numbers of people in hell today that would give anything for a second chance. But second chances will never come to them again. But I also believe this along that same line, that there are millions of people in heaven who would love to have a second chance at serving Jesus better. I'm convinced of this, that seeing in person those nail-scarred hands, it's going to have an internal uh, impact, the eternal impact on our soul. But like the lost, listen now, those second chances will never come for them as well. When a person crosses the lines of death into eternity, that ends every opportunity for any more chances. 
Only, you've heard it said many times, only what we do for Christ will last eternally in glory. There are people in hell regretting. And I believe there are people in heaven that may regret looking at Jesus. Why didn't I serve him more? Why didn't I serve him better? Why didn't I give him my all? Starting over is a merciful benefit of God given to people who are still alive. That's the first qualification. The second one is this. And this has been a big priority in my life. Doing what I have been doing for the last almost 41 years, I've had to exercise this point, I believe, more so than any other thing that I have done in the critical hours of people's lives. And that's this. We have got to be willing to show the same mercy to others that God shows to us. And that's complicated for a lot of people. To be willing to show the same mercy to others that God has shown to us. I want you to see the scripture for this in Matthew 18. I want to read verse 21 through 35. It's a few verses, and so I want to ask you to patiently follow along with me as I read. They'll get these scriptures on the screen for you, but Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse number 21, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall I forgive my brother? Sin against me, and I forgive him. Till seven times, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee unto seven times, but unto seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will repay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him his debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespass. So this is a critical point. Let me stress this with you today. And starting over, 
you have to not only have God's forgiveness in your life, and you need to be able to forgive yourself, but you have to be willing to forgive others as well. You have to. Number three, the Spirit of God must still be working in your life, and that's not always the case with everybody. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 1 through 5, Paul said it this way, It is reported commonly that there's fornication among you, and such fornication is not so much as named among Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. Are you puffed up and have not rather mourned that He had that done, this deed might be taken away from you, among you, for verily, as absent in the body but present in spirit have judged already, as though I were present concerning him that had done this deed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ when you are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus That's a terrible thing when God's Holy Spirit puts you on a shelf and ceases to work in someone's life. As long as the Holy Spirit, listen now, has the liberty, as long as we're taking heed and as the Holy Spirit brings conviction in your life, that's important. Every child of God needs to recognize the boundaries of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit begins to move in your life in such a way to where he's guiding you, he's a guiding light and he's speaking to your heart. He's telling you, listen now, you need to do this or you need to stop this. You need to slow down. You need to speed up. And a person constantly is saying no to the Holy Spirit. That will only go on for so ever how long. I don't know the amount of times But there does come a point in time when somebody refuses the Holy Spirit one too many times, God will put you on a shelf and he will never use or speak to you again. That's in the scriptures. As long as you are willing to submit to the Holy Spirit, God will have a desire to work with you. But there's a line that people can cross when we've said no too many times. Number four, quickly, we have to be willing to take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us today. This is, this is fundamental in starting over. To take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us today, let me emphasize something. Never procrastinate the graciousness of God. In Proverbs 27, verse number one, the scripture says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. If you recall the scriptures, Felix told the apostle Paul to come back at a more convenient season. King Agrippa said to Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And the truth of the matter is this, some of us could be brain dead tomorrow. You have to understand how fragile life is. None of us are given the promise to see another sunset or sunrise. So let me encourage us to take every opportunity, to take advantage of every opportunity that God sets before us. This is critical. Be vigilant, be sober. The devil may have you believing today. And this is, this is the fragile thing that I deal with a lot of times. 
as, as we've already said, the devil is a liar. He's a master liar. He's a master thief. He robs and he steals and he kills. And sometime when a person, spiritually speaking now, when a person is saved, a believer, this can happen to a believer, that the whisper of the devil pulls a person down so far. And listen, if you're not camping near the cross, this is a vulnerable situation. I love the old song, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain. You think about this. If we're not camping near the cross, the whisper of the devil is so sharp. You know, the Bible says that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword, but I'm going to tell you the whisper of the devil works primarily the same way. And if you're not camping near the cross, here's what happens. The devil will come to you and he will begin to whisper to you. If Eve believed a lie, we can believe a lie. And he will pull us so far down and whisper to us, you have crossed the line. The blood of Jesus cannot penetrate your heart. The blood of Jesus cannot take care of what you may feel has been a disaster in your life. There's no possible way that you could have a new beginning. He might have you believing that you are so messed up right now and have you feeling that what's the use? I wonder today how many Christians are nowhere to be seen in God's earthly work, his church, because of some unkind word or some belief that the devil has given them that they feel like that they have messed up so much in their life that's what's the use? God could not possibly use them or have any mercy on them today. I pray that that's not your situation this morning. There are people in this world who are truly born again that are living miserable lives because the devil has whispered in their ear, you have crossed the line, you've gone too far. You might be saying, yes, pastor, I, more than anything, I want to start over. This is the first Sunday of a brand new year. This, this is the place of new beginnings, and I want to put things behind me. I'm going to tell you how to begin with that, and I want to ask our musicians to come forward. So listen carefully. I want to tell you how you can put this in perspective. First of all, you start with the Lord. Make, make things right with him. This is something that all of us can do. It, this is not, it's not complicated. It's sort of like salvation. People try to make such a complicated thing about salvation, and salvation is not complicated. There's an old song, and I love to reference these old songs, but it says, out of my bondage, sorrow, on night, Jesus, I come to thee. When we get to the place where the Holy Spirit has convicted our heart of sin and there's true repentance and we call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever shall do that, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not complicated. How do you begin to do this? Start with the Lord. Make things right with him. Sometimes in our life, and this, this is a slippery slope, but sometimes in our life, we want the Lord to pretend that everything is okay in our life when we know good and well it's not. But we want the Lord to pretend that it is. Don't make the Lord a bunch of past Broken promises. 
How, how many times have we ever said this, Lord, if you do this and do that, I promise you, I'll never do that again. If, if you get me out of this mess, Lord, just one more time, I know I'm in a mess. God, if you get me out of this mess, I'm going to teach Sunday school. I'm going to give my tithes. I'm going to get in the choir. I'm going to witness. God, listen, I, I will do everything that the word tells me to do. If you get me out of this mess one more time. Don't make God a bunch of past broken promises. It's better not to make a promise to God than to make a vow and break it. Don't give him a bunch of unrealistic New Year resolutions. This is simple. Just get right with him. Just get right with him. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So it starts with confession. How do you get this new opportunity, this new day to start over? It starts with confession. It starts with repentance. It starts when you get back to the word, where the word is sweet as honeycomb to you. Reestablish a fervent prayer life. Make your church a priority. Be honest with your stewardship. And secondly, not only is getting things right with the Lord important, but make sure you have things right with your brothers and sisters as well. Let me encourage you to crucify any grudge that you may be carrying. Because I will tell you this, when you carry grudges, you're not hurting the person that you have a grudge against. It's only hurting you. And the only way that you can be set free from any grudge is to turn it over to God. He can, by the way, he can handle it a whole lot better than we can. Put your differences in the blood of Jesus. Don't let your pride rob you of opportunities. The word says pride comes before the fall. Somebody may say, well, pastor, I just cannot get past the, what somebody's done to me, what somebody said to me, how somebody looked at me. I can't get past it. Are you saved? Because if you are, the Bible says you can do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And today, every one of us has a brand new opportunity. All of us, those of you that are listening, you have a brand new opportunity before you, whether you're watching from your hospital room, your living room, wherever it may be, everyone in here today, we have a brand new opportunity to start over. I want to encourage you to let your head lay down on the pillow of new beginnings tonight. Don't procrastinate it. This can be a brand new You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.